just that you know that in behind us here, I don't know whether they can hear me or not, maybe whisper. In behind us, there's, a, there's IFA coaching, football coaching, going on for the next three weeks. I've become so self-conscious all of a sudden. Uh, so that's who's here. Maybe some of you have arrived this morning and seen so many more cars and like revivals came. <laughs> that uh, 1859 that David spoke about was, came to pass this morning. And so these guys are going to be here for the next three weeks. And so uh, and even just actually just so that you know, we're going to be rubbing shoulders with, with these guys um, in some form or another over the next three weeks. And, uh, and so I think they've been unable to avoid the songs they've been sang testimony that has been witnessed as we've sang out the, the name of Jesus. Watched several times as if wondering what's going on. Uh, so we started a series uh, last, last Sunday, which we, I am convinced is just going to take us right up until Christmas. And uh, Ordinary People is the, is the series title that we have given this season that we find ourselves in. Um, really goes back to maybe three or four weeks ago when once again, I know it's a, it's a part of the, it's part of the Bible that we've read many times, Acts chapter 4 verse 13, that Peter and John, as they went around the towns and villages, uh, bringing the good news of the kingdom, bringing the kingdom message, the rule and the reign of Jesus, establishing it in every place where they, where they carried him into, people began to acknowledge, they began to know who these men were, that an idea of their background, that an idea of their level of education, and couldn't help but summarize their lives as saying, these are ordinary men and women, men and women. these are ordinary men, unschooled, untrained, but they've been with Jesus. There's something about being with Jesus that, 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 that almost bypasses our, our, our education or our training or our qualifications. Something about being with him is seemingly of more significance than anything else. And it's why in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, before Jesus sent them out, he called the 12 to be with him. And so we, we, are, we are wanting to have conversations. We're wanting to, to share from the front about people in the Bible, people in history. We want to hear from others, ordinary people who live their lives in such a way that their ordinary daily life gets the attention of those that they rub shoulders with. First Thessalonians 4, Paul writing to the, to the church and to the Thessalonians says, your everyday ordinary lives... Live, live reasonably, live quietly. Let your ordinary lives be the thing that gets the attention of those that you rub shoulders with. And so increasingly in my, in my experience, in my, in, my, in my walking with Jesus, especially over the last number of years, I've, I've realized it's not enough just to learn about him. It's not enough just to learn about Jesus. But in saying that, even that would be worth it because there's no one like him. There's no one quite like Jesus and, and it would be worth just to talk about him. It would be worth just to present things about Jesus but I think the challenge from Jesus and from the writers, of, uh, the writers in the New Testament and the stories that we have um, passed on to us from 
century after century is that we would rearrange our lives to put Jesus' words and ways into practice for the sake of the world. And I want you to, I want you to hear that as we, as we continue on through this series over the next number of weeks and months. We're wanting to rearrange our lives to put the words emotional time, but it's for the sake of the world. It's for the sake of the world. We are not into practice for the sake of the world. He says this, transformation is actually carried out in our real life where we see program. No, no big professional carried out in our real life, in our ordinary life, where we dwell with God and where we dwell with our neighbors. On Wednesday night, we were up in, up in the living room uh, and we spoke a wee bit about John chapter 5. I, I started off our time by reminding us of the words of Jesus in John chapter 5. The Father is always at work. He is always at work. And so the, the invitation for us has always been and continues to be participation. The invitation for each one of us today that have said yes to Jesus is to participate in where he is already at work. And so the challenge for us on Wednesday night and the challenge for us even again this morning is that, okay, Jesus, I believe what you've said. The Father is always at work. And so there's a responsibility on us then to pay attention to where he is already at work, to what he is already doing. And so this morning, I, I, I want this to be as, it's as simple and as, as basic a thought as you're going to find but I, as basic and as simple as, as it is, I think we too often don't believe it. We know about it, but we don't fully embrace it. I don't know if we fully engage the fact that he is always present, that he is here. Wherever you are, God is always there. And I know that we, we, we've heard that. We've heard the attributes of God being presented that he's all-knowing, that he's all-powerful, that he's all-present. We've, we've got a grasp of the theory, but I don't know if we, if we live in such a way that we truly believe it. We truly believe that, God, you're here. We do not have to twist your arm. We do not have to beg you to show up. And I'm not asking you to critique your prayer time. I have, found, I have found that I have done it over the last number of months, critique my, what it is. Does it come before him? Is the language that I use just out of routine? Is the language that I'm using just language that I've just got used to using but never fully engaging what it is that I'm saying? And I found myself begging him to show up. I found myself trying to twist his arm that he would, that he would, that he would come and make himself, and he would be present. All along, forgetting Forgetting, becoming ignorant to the, to the promise, to the fact that he is always present. Wherever we are, God is always there. And we could go to many places to anchor that. But let me go to, I just, how, can we, how can we not go to Psalm 139? Psalm 139, verse 7 to 8. Where can I go from your spirit? This is how David begins to summarize his experience of God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I was to go to the heavens, if I was to get as high as I possibly could get, you're still there. 
you're there. And if I was to make my bed in the depths, if I was to go as low as I could possibly go, even, even there, you still are present. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle in the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. If I try to get as far away in this direction, you'll still be there. And if I make my way around the other way, I still can't get away from you. You're present. You're always there. Acts chapter 17. Again, there's many places that we could, that we could go to to remind us that he, is, that he is always there. But I love how Paul puts it in Acts chapter 17. He said that, that he was testifying to those uh, idol worshippers in Athens. And even there, even there God was was present. Even there, God was present. And he says, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. He is speaking this to idol worshippers. He is speaking this to people who are far from Jesus, but he's reminding them, even here, from his goodness. And in him, we live and we move. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's known him. God, see, I love hearing the testimonies of, of people. I was reluctant to say this because I don't want you to start critiquing every prayer that we pray or every song. And then God showed up. Like, well, where was he? Then God showed up. Where, where was he before? And, and I'm convinced no matter how, no matter how you can play, no matter what mood it can cause us to enter into, that or not. Thank goodness it's whether, how, no matter how well, whether he is here or not, he's here. So that um, really, really appreciated so much of his, of his work. He says this, presents again the simple thought, we cannot attain the presence of God because we are already totally in the presence of God. And he finishes with this line that's just so grabbed my attention. What's absent is awareness. What's absent is awareness. We cannot attain the presence of God because we are already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness. That's why I was so keen that, that Jason would lead us in that song this morning. It's become almost the mantra of 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 my prayer time, of my life. Let me become more aware of your presence. Let me become more aware of your presence. It's become like a chant. Let me become more aware of your presence because, because you're here. I, I, I know, I know you've revealed it enough times throughout scripture to know that I, I cannot attain it because I'm already in it. I just need to become aware. Crying out, longing for an awareness. And so I love this because it impacts our ordinary daily lives. For every one of us, it, it, has, it has an effect on our ordinary daily lives because now when you're, when you're looking after your children, when you're making the dinner, when you're sitting at your desk, he's there, he's, he's present. Whether you're making coffee, Jesse, Jenna, you're working your magic as a physio, wherever it is that you find yourself, he is, 
He is there. And the invitation I feel is that we would become present to the God who is already fully present to us. That's the invitation, that we become present to the God who is already fully present to us. I want to I wanna tell you the story that I heard not so long ago. A lady called Joanna Thomas. And Joanna Thomas is self-proclaimed an ordinary suburban woman living in South Africa. And like many of us, a follower of Jesus, a passionate follower of Jesus, Like many of us pray that prayer that we've maybe a huge majority of us have prayed since primary school. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this ordinary, this ordinary woman, the ordinary suburban woman from South Africa, she began to pray. Lord, show me. Lord, show me where this is not true. Show me where your will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven. Because as your followers, we are part of the solution. What a prayer. I've tried to read that prayer. I've tried to read that about 30 times this weekend so I've become numb to it. But every time it does that to me, that, that this woman would pray that prayer. Lord, show me where that is not true. Show me where your will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven because as a follower of you, Jesus is a follower of you, we are part of the solution. And she prayed this prayer, a dangerous prayer. I think it should come with some sort of warning. I want to I join in. I want to join in with this lady, Joanna, to pray this prayer. But I think it comes with a warning. Minutes from her home, not very far from where she lived in suburban South Africa, was Polesmore, Pol- Polesmore Prison. Polesmore Prison, I don't know, maybe some of you are familiar with it. Anybody that knows the story of Mel- Nelson Mandela will know of Polesmore Prison. Polesmore Prison, notorious, notorious for being the most violent prison in all of South Africa. And in this prison, the gang members, gang members controlled the majority of this prison. And they would beat one another. At times, they would take other gang members' lives and the authorities would, would just look away. Read stories of how there was points given to certain gang members if they stabbed somebody in the rival gang. There was double points. There was double points given if you stabbed a guard. Violent place. Severely overcrowded. And the year, and that year, as, as Joanna made her way to this prison, because she, she identified, here is a place where that's not true. Here is a place where your will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven. And decided that's where she was going to go. And in that, 
And in that year, as she made her way there, that year there was 279 acts of violence in the prison. And so Joanna simply thought, this ordinary woman, that's not right, and began to show up at Polesmore Prison every day. 365 days a year. She showed up on Christmas Day. She showed up on Easter Sunday. She showed up on Valentine's Day. She showed up for 365 days in the year. She had decided that, she said that if there was anybody that needed stability in their lives, it was these men. Anybody that needed some sort of stability, it was these men, and so committed herself every day to showing up. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I struggled to, to hear her tell stories of some of the, the men that she began to encounter. Some of the stories and the heinous crimes that she began to, to, to hear about. But the next year, fast forward one year, and in the Paulsmore prison there was two acts of violence. 279 acts of violence. An ordinary suburban South African lady decided that that's not right. You're, Jesus, you're, I'm praying that prayer and here it's not being done. It's not right and showed up. And a year later, there's two acts of violence. A year later, men have committed themselves to following Jesus. And if you were interested, if there's something in this story gets your attention, you could, you could YouTube Pullsmore Prison, Joanna Thomas, and you'll find the documentary that the BBC did on her story, on, the, on what went on in Pullsmore Prison when this ordinary lady showed up carrying the presence and the hope and the forgiveness of Jesus. That's what she offered. That's all that she went in with a simple message of reconciliation, simple message of forgiveness, of love and grace found in Jesus. And if you were to watch that documentary, you will see prisoners tell their stories. You'll tell their stories of how they were mistreated as, as children, as young boys growing up, how they were mistreated. And you fast forward and you watch them sharing stories together sharing Bible studies together, praying together. So Philip Yancey, many of you will know, have heard of Philip Yancey. Philip Yancey is a, a well-known author, he's a well-known speaker. And he caught, he caught wind of this story. And he made his way to South Africa and met Joanna Thomas and her husband. And listened to her retell all that went on. He, much as I did, struggled with some of the stories, some of the, the people that he heard about. But as the conversation went on, he began to press her for, for the reason for the transformation. He's a journalist, he wanted to know why. He pressed and he pressed, Joanna, what was the reason? What was the reason for the transformation in Polesmore Prison? And, and her response to Philip Yancey, has, it struck me the, the, the moment that I heard this story and it has continued to catch my attention ever since. She said God was already present in Polesmore Prison. We just had to make him visible. God was already present in Polesmore Prison. We just had to make him visible. 
And that's what stuns me about, about this, the Christian faith, is that God has chosen to make his presence known through ordinary people like us. There's moments in my week where, where I feel like I just cannot get my head around that. God has chosen to make his presence known through me. God has chosen to make his presence known through you. And the charge, he has charged us to make a loving God visible. He's present. He's already present, and some of you might even struggle with that. That How could he be present in Polesmore Prison? But her testimony was that he was already present, and we just had to make him visible, and that is what we are charged with. Ordinary people giving our yes to Jesus, following him with all that we have, we are charged to make this loving God visible, this everlasting God, this defender of the weak, this comforter, this strong deliverer. He's present everywhere, but the charge for each one of us is that we would make him visible. And so on our, on our Sunday mornings and more so on our midweeks, we want to touch on a, we want to look at a few ways that a few daily practices, daily, daily ways that we can extend Christ's presence wherever we are. And there's seven things. I think there's seven things. There's probably more. But I think there's seven practical things that we can, that we can do. I think there's, an, there's active exercises that we can engage in and there's passive, although I hate using that, passive exercises. Let me explain. And so as we ask that question, we ask it to all of us this morning, but we want to we we press into it a, a wee bit more in our home groups on Wednesday night. Are there daily ways that we can extend Christ's presence wherever we are? And as we go through the scriptures, I think there's seven places, the Lord's table. Reconciliation. So when it comes to reconciliation, we, we have those words, I think it's Matthew 18. Whenever... We're given instruction of how we reconcile. It says where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst. Reconciliation is a practical way that we can extend Christ's presence wherever we are. And we'll talk about that. The Lord's table, reconciliation, proclaiming the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel, I will be with you always to the very end. Being with children in Matthew 18, fivefold ministry, kingdom prayer. And the one that I, that I want to challenge you with today is being with the least of these. A daily practice, something that we can, something that we can physically do that can extend Christ's presence wherever we are. And so I want to challenge you with that today and I want you to engage with that throughout the week. Because we make him visible by being with the least of these. We make him visible by being with the least of these. And go to Matthew 25 if you're, if you're struggling to know where can we go, where can we, where can we practically make this happen. Find those that, that, need a, that need something to eat. Find those that need some clothes. Find those that need a, that need a visit in, in prison. Find those that need something to drink. Find those that, were, that are strangers and need invited in. Example, examples in Matthew 25. And so make him visible by being with the least of these. 
I said that there's a passive exercise. I'm reluctant to use passive, but I can't think of another way of putting it. But what I'm inviting you to do, what I'm asking you to do is that you would, that you would learn to wait. That you would learn to pay attention. That you begin to even pray that prayer, Lord, where is that prayer not true? Where is your, where is your will not to be done on earth as it is in heaven? As you begin to pray that, I'm asking that you would, be, that you would learn to wait that you would learn to pay attention to where it is that he is already present and needs to be made visible. That's why I think there's some things that we can talk about, and at times they feel so simple. At times it, it feels that simple. I'm, I, I near enough feel reluctant to share it from a, from a stage. From a, no, it's no stage here. I almost feel reluctant to say it, but, but like trying to, trying to pay attention to those moments where you're waiting rather than while the kettle is boiling or whether you're, when you're sitting in traffic or when you're at the queue at the checkout trying to work out which, which line will I go into that is going to get me out of here the quickest. I have nothing to get to, I have nothing to do, but I want to know how I can get out of here the quickest. And so it's in those moments I have found that I, that I am learning to wait. It's in those moments where I'm trying my best to, to pay attention. I begin to ask, Father, where is your will? not being done on earth as it is in heaven because as a follower of you, as a follower of Jesus, I am part of the solution. You are part of the solution because he is present. He is already present and he is looking for a people who will make him visible. And so the challenge for us this week is that we would find ways of being with the least of these, make him visible by being with the least of these. I read, watched a film with, with Judith on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. It was called The Same Kind of Different as Me. We really enjoyed it, so I bought the book. And it uh, tells the story of a homeless man who, uh, this, it's, a, it's, a Christian, it's a Christian book, this, this man, uh, incredible, incredible story. But halfway through the film, he, somebody has just taken notice of him. Somebody has paid attention and just begins to bring him a meal. He's got a lot of issues, a lot of anger. But there's a lady pays attention and makes sure that he is fed every day. And as he begins to mellow and he begins to trust this lady, she asks, he says to her, like, you, you do know that even though you bring me this meal every, every day, I'll, I'm still homeless. still know where to sleep tonight. I'll still be desperate for this meal tomorrow because of nowhere else to, to find food. But for him, it, that wasn't the significance. It wasn't the, the significant thing was not getting the meal every evening. The significant thing was that her actions made him, made him visible. Her actions showed him that he was seen, and that was enough. And I think that's what we do with the least of these. Sometimes you mightn't be able to alleviate the position, the place that they find themselves in, but at least you're showing that you see them. At least you're, by acknowledging them, they're showing that they're, they're not insignificant. They're not of little value. They're not of little worth. And so the active challenge is that you would be with the least of these. The other challenge is that you would learn to wait. You would learn to wait and pay attention to what he's doing and to where he is already work.
So Father, I thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are one who is longing that we would be increasingly aware of it, not just on a Sunday morning when the band plays or when the speaker speaks, but in our ordinary everyday lives, we would just be aware of your presence. We just be aware of your kindness and your grace and your love. And we want to be ones that will extend that to everyone that we meet. Help us to be ones that are known for being with the least of these. Help us to find you and hear your heart in the waiting. In Jesus' name.